Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick Bradley here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Now, this week, it is me in the hot seat. Yes, so no, no guests, no interviews as such. Just me taking you through a couple of different perspectives on some interesting things I've been doing pretty much over the last month, um, which I think will be valuable to you in your startup to scale up journey. So today I want to cover what we're going to call the six big mistakes that people make in business. Now this is a reflection of some work that I was doing with Keith Cunningham and I've mentioned him beforehand because he is, as I've said in my previous episodes, he is the rich dad in Robert Kiyosaki's amazing book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in terms of philosophies on business, I suggest you look him up, Keith J. Cunningham, and have a look at some of his amazing material. But today I wanna talk about some perspectives that he inspired me to think about, and I think are gonna be very, very important to you, particularly you know entrepreneurs who are going through this journey. And it's a funny one. I've, I've talked about the, the, the entrepreneurial journey before as being a, a challenging one, only on the basis that it's a roller coaster. And that to me, certainly from my, my perspective, is actually the fun part of it. If it was all very easy all the time and you just came up with an idea, you launched it and money rolled in, you know, that, that sounds fantastic in principle, but it's, it's the journey of what you learn and what you become, your identity as an entrepreneur, uh, which actually makes it all the fun, all the difference. So today, let's kick it off. So the six big mistakes that entrepreneurs make in business. So number one is quite simply an absolute obsession with the product. So, and it's been explained, I think, when I've spoken with some of my people I mentor and all that sort of thing, that you know, it's um, at the exclusion, if you like, of good business judgment. So it's very common for an entrepreneur to fall in love with the idea of their product, their proposition. And in my view, that you can sort of put on blinkers, if you like, or blinders as a result. And those are those things, if anyone's ever watched horse racing, <laughs> where they try and keep the horse focused on going as fast as possible around the track, they, um, they sort of cover up their eyes. And this is a, a good analogy, I think, as to what some entrepreneurs do with, with the products they're creating. Now, I say this as a mistake only on the premise that the key word here is obsession. So entrepreneurs who are fixated on solving a problem, creating an amazing customer experience, that's one of the strengths of, of an entrepreneur. You know, that, that dogged focus to solve a problem better than anybody else. But when you become obsessed that you become so insular in what you're creating and you fall so much in love with it that you forget the external market perspective, you know, you don't think about the customers in the way that you should, then it can become a really big issue. And there's a comment that Keith said, which I, I think is a fantastic one, says that, have you ever found a mother who doesn't love their baby? And you know, when you look at a baby sometimes when they're just born, they're not necessarily the most beautiful things in the world, but you'll never find a mother who says that. 
Um, it's a good analogy sometimes when you speak to entrepreneurs. And when I've sat on the side of the table where I'm looking to be the investor in an idea, the number of times um, I've seen a poor idea or a poorly thought through idea hugely um, enthusiastically pitched by uh, an entrepreneur. You know, literally, I, if I, I can't count the number of times I've had to do that. So anyway, that's the first one. The second one is the need for speed. So speed creates all sorts of short-term perspectives. I'm a huge believer in pace. I'm a huge believer in focus. So I've, I've said before that focus is the superpower of business because the more you get distracted, the harder it is to actually land the planes to get things done. So you know, you see this sometimes. You know, just to make a point that when when there's a crisis, for example, there you know there is a requirement for speed, and I've actually seen it where you know teams come together when when that time pressure is put on. So often you see people celebrate crisis because they've had to get something done in, in some cases, a very very unrealistic uh, time frame. But you know, my view is there's a piece here where if you're just focusing on that and you're gonna try and do things you know, massively quickly, it doesn't always work out that way and you've gotta have patience. So the faster that you go, the greater the impact if things go wrong. So just reflect on that point. And if you're going, you know, let's think about this, if you're going fast on a, on a bike and you fall off, you know, you're gonna hurt yourself significantly you know, the, the quicker that you're going. It's a similar thing with business. So there are two things that are needed if you wanna go fast. And for me, that is experience and lots of instrumentation. So you really need to be thinking about the metrics. So if you've got metrics which are basically telling you or giving you insights as to what is happening, then you earn the right, in my opinion, to be able to move quicker because you're measuring the right things. But if you don't do that, then you really need to be thinking about kind of, you know, is there a better way of doing this and asking some better questions? So one last point on this one, because I think you get it, is Sometimes we all like instant gratification, which is very much about speed. It's about being impatient. So if you've got a great idea and you want to launch it, my, my sort of advice to you is plan it out. You know, I, as I say, work in 90-day blocks is how I tend to do most of my things because you can actually have a meaningful amount of time to put the rigor into what you're doing and then have a think about kind of what, what are the milestones within that 90 days. And that doesn't mean that you have to launch a product and launch a business in 90 days, but it means that you're focused on the actions that are gonna allow you to do that. And then it, what that does for me, it means that I'm not pressurized necessarily to go and try and speed things up unless it is a crisis where I need to. And ultimately the result that I'm creating by having a bit more discipline around that makes the whole result better. Okay, so that's mistake number two, the need for speed or the, let's call it the artificial need for speed. The third one um, that entrepreneurs or mistakes that entrepreneurs make um, in business is this, let's call it technical skills. So, and this is, comes back to my point around leverage. So if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be able to build your team. You need to be able to think about what you do brilliantly, what you like doing brilliantly and not necessarily what uh, trying to do the things that you're not. So the analogy that was um, uh, explained to me again by Keith was, you know, if you're trying to build a race car, you know, the race car is built by, you know, some very, very clever technicians, if you like, 
and they don't really ever get to drive that car. You know, and certainly if you're thinking about things like Formula One or whatever else, you know, there's a specific person who comes in who is the driver. So when you think about you know, what you're trying to create in business, it's dependent, if you like, on the degree of technical competence, but that's not you as the entrepreneur all the time. And you know, if someone takes you know, 20 years to develop unbelievable levels of competence in one area, and you're trying to circumvent that by doing everything early on, then you are going to fail. And I'll give you, I'll give you a perspective of, of some stuff I've done recently. Um, I'm, you know, if I say, what, you know, what's Nick good at? What do I like doing? Well, pretty good at you know, business strategy, pretty good at business growth, good at turnaround, good at commercial, good at doing deals. That, those are some sort of, sort of my things that I, I enjoy doing and, and I like going out there and, and you know, meeting people and having those conversations and, and offering value. I'm not great with detail. I'm not great. If someone said to me, go and build this thing, um, and, and the, the example of late is I've been doing some stuff on building websites and, and various things like that. And initially the, the thought is, well, I'll, I'll do that myself, but I, that's not my skill. So the, the point here really is work out what you're great at and however you decide to do it, leverage the rest, okay? So number four, and I love this one. This is irrational exuberance. Um, optimism on steroids is another way of thinking of it. It sort of manifests itself into different forms. So one of these is the inability to listen. So in other words, I'm the guru. Um, and I'm not saying I am, by the way. <laughs> I'm the guru. And therefore, you know, whatever you think or whatever you say doesn't really matter. So I'm not going to listen right? So that's the first one. The other one is ignoring obvious risks. So back to that blinker statement that I said around the product before, you know, you've got to be able to ask yourself great questions, things like, what am I not seeing in this situation? And then you'll start to see the things that could go wrong. Now, that doesn't mean that you build your psychology to be in a negative state, but it means at least your, you know, forearmed is forewarned. Um, another area is like sort of strengths, if you like, morphing into weaknesses. So if you've got you know, let's say you are, you are a confident person, it starts to morph into arrogance and this kind of intense need to be right. So exuberance, energy, all of those things, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have them. You've got to be excited. It's what I sometimes reference back to Simon Sinek's your why. If your why is massive, you are going to be so excited to make it happen. You know, these are the people who get out of bed at crazy hours to work on their idea. We know I had Tom Mercer on recently getting out of bed at two in the morning to make the porridge for his mama business and then going down and selling it out of a filing cabinet. That's exuberance. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have that. It's the irrational side. It's when you get blinkered. So my point here, and this is really, really important, is that you need to um, surround yourself. If you are like this, if you can kind of, even if you feel you're in this position now with your business, surround yourself with objectivity, okay? So this is the mentoring thing. This is, you know, just good advisors. It could be your business partner, but making sure that you have the balance of people in your team, in your network who are gonna help you with this point. So like anything, awareness is the number one part. And then, you know, keep that excitement going, but make sure that you're keeping some degree of rationality around that as well. Cool, okay, so let's keep moving. Number five, the failure to have a second idea. Because you love your first idea, yeah? <laughs> but that idea, that one first idea, that's gonna be a unicorn. I'm gonna sell that business for a billion pounds or a billion US dollars in, you know, six months, all right? Again, 
as an investor, I can't tell you the number of times I've had people come and say that to me. So many times. And you sit there and you go, I just want to shake you. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. I love, it's back to this irrational exuberance. I love the energy. And, you know, I do correlate that with these people are pitching to me. So they are going to show that. But, you know, it's just not, it's just not good, right? So you've got to think. And I think this, what, what is the one thing you're trying to do? Well, the one thing you're trying to do is solve a problem. And then for yourself personally, it may be to create, you know, some degree of wealth for yourself and then, you know, build some freedom. Most people who are entrepreneurs have that somewhere in their goals and ambitions list. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to step back a bit here and think that there are, there are other ways to do stuff. So, so it's not so much about coming up with a whole heap of different businesses. It's about probably more the execution. So if you've got a great idea, don't be fixated on one pathway to execute it. Yeah, I've, I've been in businesses where literally they started off as B2C and then you know, realized very, very quickly that B2B was where their proposition sat. And that's a massive shift. Now, the idea was the same. So I'll give you, I'll give you a live example of this. So I was doing some stuff with Google a few years ago in their education programs and had a very successful uh, education product that was going out to consumers. But the scalability of that product was, was nothing you know, in terms of what it should be because going out there and selling that same product to a corporate where you know, one conversation could turn into 100 sales was a much better commercial strategy. So what I'm talking about here more than anything else is the ability to be able to pivot around your idea or the pathway to execution as opposed to it being a, you know, a specific idea. Because if, you, if you're seeing they're coming up with a whole heap of different businesses, then you're gonna probably contradict the point that I made before around focus. And focus is the superpower. So you wanna be able to at least give your idea the fuel and the, the space, if you like, to be able to grow. But make sure you don't get fixated on one pathway, okay? And then number six, number six, the big one, the huge one actually, running out of cash. Yeah. So <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the one thing I say probably more than anything else is the thing you've got to get right in business. The first thing I look at when I acquire a business is cash. Yeah. And it's, it's about the underlying reasons why the business has run out of cash as opposed to the fact that the cash is compromised or there's an issue. So, you know, it's this cause and effect equation. So what could that be? That could be lack of planning. It could be, as I said, this obsession with the product. You may not have a niche. You know, you might be trying to solve all things to all people. This is a big one for me, and I say this a lot because it's the counteract of what's true. So if you, if you go out there and say, okay, I've got a product and I'm gonna sell it to all these different people and it could do this, 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 you know, it's, it's ultimately, I say this all the time, it's ultimately going to be less successful because people have no idea exactly what it's supposed to be doing for them. So if you sit there and say, oh, I've got this thing and it's going to be great for bankers in the financial service industry. It's also going to be great for people who own pubs in my local, like local town or city. Well, that's hard to position. Certainly in the beginning, you might be able to evolve it after you've got some success in one niche, but you need to really think that through. And I'll give you, I'll give you a live example in my world. It's really about micro niches. So my wife has an amazing business. Uh, it's called Flying With A Baby. It's a website, flyingwithababy.com. Um, it's about family travel. Um, it's not just about sort of flying with young children, but that was the, the core part of it. So when we, when we started that business, when she started that business, we focused on how do you make the experience of 
new adults, if you like, or certainly adults with very, very young children with babies, how can you make that experience of seeing amazing places around the world, which obviously means flying to them, as painless as possible? So all the content was about, you know, how can you, how can you do that? So what are the best airlines to fly on? You know, what, what can you take to make the job easier? What sort of different products are out there to support sort of helping your child sleep and feel comfortable on a plane, right? That was the piece. But over time, you know, that was a micro niche, right? Over time, we've made it a broader niche, but we would not have done that in the beginning because we wouldn't have had any salience and we wouldn't have had any cut through, okay? So that's that one. Um, so still on the, on the running out of cash point, you know, adding, adding no real value or value add, so there's a piece there that you want to be able to think, okay, if, if I've got a great product, what are the things that are going to ignite that product? So is it going to be about customer service? So I've seen situations where you can't draw a line between the proposition, but you can draw a line between the way the proposition is developed. Okay, so that's another reason people run out of cash. They, they, they're too literal or linear, and they're not thinking more broadly about the customer they're serving, servicing. And then, you know, no business skills, back to that need for speed and no cushion. So a couple of cool resources. I mentioned traction a lot as an operating system, but the other one I, the other book that I like is um, Profit First, and I'll put the, the link to that in the show notes. Because again, it's just making decisions so that you are building up this contingency. Nothing worse when you start a business to, to then like try and invest everything you possibly can into all areas. And certainly nothing, nothing worse than trying to take cash out of your business too quickly. Now, I appreciate that you need to live and you know, that first couple of years when you're doing a startup can be very, very painful, but you've got to be very, very clever with how you think about your cushion. So I always say, when you're setting up the financial structure of your business, think of it like you would set your own budget and start to build that contingency in. So that might be 10% of profit straight off the bat that's just gonna go into an area where you're just gonna pocket that up and you're gonna to start to build your working capital over a six to 12 month period. And think of it like a tax in the same way that you would you know, account for corporation tax within your business, start to build that contingency because nothing kills a business faster than running out of money. Okay, so that's, that's it today. A bit of a quicker episode, but I thought it's an important one, particularly for all of you who are, you know, it's, it is for everyone in this. I mean, you could be well and truly on your journey and having some issues. Go back and look at your business again through these six lenses. But if you're starting your business, it's really, really good to think actually before you push the button on any big initiative, spend money to start to think about these again. So let me just run through them quickly. So again, reference to Keith Cunningham for the inspiration to this episode. But of course, you know, I like to take the inspiration, share it with you if you haven't seen it and then add my own perspectives. So here they are. First one is an obsession with the product or the proposition um, at the exclusion of good business judgment. Second one is the need for speed, the urgency, um, and in some cases, going ahead so fast on things that you're not thinking about the bigger picture and you know, that idea that slowing down could actually speed you up. That whole sort of tortoise versus hare is probably the best analogy I can give you on this one. Third one is technical skills, knowing what your lane is, knowing what you're brilliant at, and then trying to outsource and leverage everything else. You can do that at such low cost these days at high impact that I don't know why anyone would not be considering that ideology and that strategy within their business. Fourth one is irrational exuberance, countered by the fact that you need to have energy and you need to be going at your ideas with a, a degree of 
you know, this is gonna happen and excitement. So it's the irrational word, which is the key one there. Fifth one, failure to have a second idea, a second pathway, a pivot, a contingency, a different way of thinking about how you can solve the problem um, for your target market. And the sixth one, the big one, the number one thing, running out of cash. Even if you're a technology business where it's all about investment in the platform, I get it, you know, software as a service, I get it. Build your contingency. Because you know, the businesses that can get to profit quickly and have really good management of their cash are the ones that have sustainability. And when I sit on the private equity side of table, they're the businesses that we look for. So that's it. Hopefully you've got heaps out of this today. As I said, a quicker one, reach out to me if you've got any questions on these things. Certainly have a look at Keith J. Cunningham. Uh, he's got quite a few different books out there. Um, Keys to the Vault is an interesting one. Um, and you know, there's the one I like, the, the best one I think is, it's called The Road Less Stupid because it's a very easy, quick read and it's quite a good one to listen to um, on Audible as well. So just before I finish off today, so I've mentioned a couple of times now that my 90-day business growth accelerator is coming. In fact, uh, it's likely to be launching in November. So this is, just to give you a bit more detail, it's gonna be an online format mastermind. It's a hybrid mastermind masterclass. Reason for that is I wanna be able to um, teach, if you like, what I'm gonna call seven modules around business scale-up. So there's gonna be a component of live teaching within the mastermind, which is a slightly different context to what masterminds are. Masterminds are more, more about peer-to-peer -peer learning, but I wanna bring both of those things together. So they're gonna be essentially, every two weeks there will be a 90-minute session, which will be a format of masterclass. Then there'll be a, a heap of putting yourself into the ring. So I'm, max, I'm only gonna have a maximum of 14 people uh, in any one cohort at any one time. So this is not, you know, turn up to a, uh, an online format with hundreds of people so there's no opportunity to get into the detail. Uh, I want people to be able to throw their, their issues, their opportunities, their problems, if you like, all of those things into the ring and get a combination of support by me, team of specialists, and of course, other businesses, business leaders who are on the same pathway as you. So there'll be some pre and post coaching um, within that program as well from me directly. So there's gonna be a couple of 30 minute coaching sessions to make sure that you're focused on what you wanna get out of the program and also a way of taking the ideas after the 90 days and implementing them within your business. And I'll also be setting up accountability groups uh, online on Facebook and WhatsApp so that you know, this is about building your network, building your peer group as much as it is about getting into a much deeper perspective on business sort of startup to scale up than the things that I cover obviously through do these episodes on the podcast. So that's it. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me now. I've already got quite a few people who have said that they're starting. So there are spaces left for the first cohort in November, but there will be some other ones. I'll be running them probably monthly and selecting individuals um, so that they are on the same path and so that you are gonna get the most out of that network. So thanks again for listening to Scale Up Your Business. Thanks again for all the feedback. Keep reaching out. As I said, I'm always happy to jump on a call and help people where I can. It's getting busy now, but I'm still gonna to commit to doing that because it's um, my way of giving back and I certainly get a lot out of that and it's a very rewarding experience. So fantastic, thanks very much again. Be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.